0: Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about everything that's going on in the world today, starting with the news of Tiger Woods and his accident and his road to recovery. We're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about the Seattle Mariners, uh, President Kevin Mather resigning um, for his comments that he made on a Zoom call. We also gonna talk a little bit about Ben Roethlisberger and his restructure of his contract and how the help the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward. And of course, we also talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves um, firing Ryan Sanders, but also hiring Chris Finch. And how does that entail with, how is that in regards to having already an assistant uh, coach in Dave Vanderpool, an African-American coach, how is that going to factor in? And we're going to talk more about that. My co-host, Nice and Smooth, joined me on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. We appreciate all the love, the support out there. We have a lot to get to, so we're going to get right into it. So, I got my boys nice and smooth with me. What's going on, fellas? How's everything going? I hope you guys are enjoying the week. And just let me know how things are going
1: with you guys. Well, no, the snow I'm melting. Thinking... <laughs> say it again, sir. The snow is melting.
2: It was damn near mid 50s today. Mm-hmm. But um I like to say, you know, nicest move is funky, but we're also hip hop junkies. All you got to do is uh uh if you...
1: <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that one up. Just saying,
0: I'm just I'm I'm just the DJ. I'm just the DJ in the background. I'm good. <laughs> I'm the hype man. I'm your hype man. So we're gonna get started. Um we got a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. And of course, what better way to talk about it and get started in talking is with um Tiger Woods. Um, you know everything that happened this these past couple of days. Uh, Tiger Woods was involved in a car accident and you know, um they took him and come to find out that, you know. He had to have surgery. Um, his legs were broken, I believe, um, in different places. So um, let me get your thoughts on Tiger Woods, um, this whole accident. Well, firstly, you have to say thank, thank God that it was nothing more serious than that, uh, especially the fact that the car flipped over, um, a couple, of, I guess, a couple of times, I believe. But let me get your thoughts on Tiger Woods and the, just the legacy that he, he continues. Because truth be told, where he stands right now, he was having issues with his back as well. Uh, so first, let's just talk about um, Tiger Woods, and let me get your thoughts on this whole the whole um, accident and everything that happened thus far with him. Mm. Uh,
2: definitely not a way you want to wake up on a let's say Thursday, uh, I guess a Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, you know, having my having my morning Joe and banana logged into work you know, just tuning in to uh, get up. And you see a breaking news kind of come across come across you know, Tiger Woods in a major accident. You know, they, you know, it's you know it's pretty 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 uh, intense situation where CNN and MSNBC and most of these places have tons of other political things they need to be talking about, but yet they're taking time to discuss Tiger. So something you definitely didn't want to wake up to, especially with I think it's kind of happened with Kobe just, you know, a little over a year ago. Similar situation. you just chilling on a Sunday. And all of a sudden, you just kind of get this news. So, you know, you're hoping that it's not something similar. You know, very happy to hear that he was conscious and uh, able to come away from that accident, you know healthy well not so much healthy per se but you know he's able to he couldn't walk away on his own but he was able to figuratively walk away from the situation with his life uh now I just hope that he focuses and concentrates on doing everything he needs to do to just be Tiger again you know I sports will come you know you don't have to worry about golf no more you want you want the second coming of Tiger You get your you get your back together, you start walking again, then you groom your son to be the second coming and let him break every record that you thought you were going to break, you know, channel that effort into him and kind of go there. But for him, you know, for Tiger himself, just happy to hear that he's alive and his family and, you know, everybody's strength that he needs just to, to push forward and just get back to a regular life.
1: Yeah, I'm with Jace. I mean, when I first heard the stories, um, when I got the news flash, you know, you know, you know, usually it wasn't like a tweet or something like that from you know TMZ or something like that. This was like ESPN coming out, so you know that comes with a bit more of a credibility to it. Um, I didn't necessarily think like how people were thinking about um, with, with Kobe because it was like the way it was coming around, you, you wasn't sure if it was legit or not. But this one, when I first heard it and you saw you know, ESPN, CNN, it was like, oh, I didn't think, you know, that he was, you know, like the passing of Kobe. I was like, well, let's hope he wasn't impaired in any way to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, but yeah, when you heard the information today saying that he wasn't impaired, he wasn't drunk, um, you know, or, or, or any kind of, you know, other inhibitors to him, you know, then you start thinking about, you know, was he going to be okay? How he is and his injuries were Pretty darn severe. I mean, when I saw the crash in the car and it was laid in the ravine, I'm like, "Wow, how did, how did the man survive that?" Mm-hmm. Um, but by the grace of God, and they said that he missed a telephone pole, um, literally by a few feet. That if he would have hit that, you know, we could be having a different discussion right now. But I mean, you, when you think about that. He kind of, you know, kind of, you know, take a step back and think that, you know, you know, tomorrow's never given. You know. Hours never given. I mean, you know, you know, you always got to try to live life to the fullest and appreciate the talent you have, you know, earth. And, you know, with Tiger, like you said, you know, he's, you know, you know, golf or sports, you know, even though he was rehabbing and just had his fifth back surgery. Um, and he was looking to come back from that, you know, right now, golf is definitely <laughs> it's probably the, the farthest thing from his mind. At least you would hope that's the farthest thing from his mind at this particular point. Mm-hmm. Um. But as of right now, I mean, you know, you know, broken bones in two in two pieces, <laughs> excuse me, a broken bone in, in more than two pieces, you know, lower portions of his, and I heard his tibula and fibula in his right leg and he had to insert, you know, a rod and some screws to stabilize it, you know, on all you know, the soft tissue and the mu- muscle injury. I mean, you know, how the heck, you know, is he going to be able to walk, let alone, you know, you know you know, swing is going to be, you know, one thing, but just a walk, <laughs> the quality of life, you know, these next couple of weeks and months is going to be, you know, very telling for him. But the next couple of days, because who knew SUVs come with black boxes? So I guess they're going to keep peer into that. Yes, some do. Apparently the Genesis SUV that he got as a rental from the tournament that he was hosting, um, and he was driving to another location for like a, a morning shoot for i guess one of the i guess one of the um organizations that he does stuff with um using like a a golf shoot there and apparently the suv has like a quote-unquote black box which will kind of tell speed telemetry and all that stuff so you can kind of find you know they can get a little bit more um so we might find out a little bit more in the next coming you know few days as far as exactly you know what happened but what the sheriff said the white a pure accident you know it was a you know, a hill with a curve. And he was probably coming down the high rate of speed. And apparently that particular area is known for accidents over the past couple of years, even within the last several months. So they're saying it's purely accident. I'll go with that, but I'm just happy that the man is, you know, is is alive and, you know, and is good.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were saying that, you know, the fact that he was wearing a seatbelt belt almost uh, likely saved his life because otherwise it would have been uh, it would have been a fatal crash. So I completely agree with both of your guys' statements. I think that at the end of the day, that Tiger Woods really needs to focus on getting himself healthy. Um, golf, that's, I mean, you that shouldn't even be in, in his thought process right now. I mean, from what I was told, they, he's still ranked like in the top 50 um, as far as golf is concerned, but that should be irrelevant right now. His focus really needs to get back and focus on walking again. Um, that's really where he should be. And thankfully that he's in a position where he came out on, you know, I mean, of course he's injured, but at least he's still alive. Uh, So it's going to take a while for him to get back into even thinking about the golfing picture. Um, Like you said, especially with the surgery, the surgery he had on his back. So it's going to be interesting that he is now not in the limelight for the right reason. It'll give him a chance to recover give him a chance to focus, and if possible, if he does think about coming back, to come back, Um, but he'll be a little bit more healthier than where he is at this stage. So um, I would say the fact that he's still alive is still a blessing, Um, and that's something that you can't take for granted, and with all those accidents that happened at that particular location, you know, for him to come alive is definitely a good thing.
2: I'm curious to know if Alex Smith will reach out to him just because of the nature of his injury and the nature of Tiger's injury, you know, maybe his camp, will reach out to, you know, both camps to touch base and maybe uh, Alex Smith may have some encouraging words and something, you know, some some positivity to share with him and maybe some insight or some things he could do to help him get back to the point where he can walk and do what he needs to do again. You know, uh, not, Of course, you need your legs to to play golf, obviously, but but it's more your back and your hips and your thighs and everything like that. So it's a possibility he can come back and play golf again, but he would have to reinvent himself about who he is as a golfer if he was going to try to come back and play professionally. Because I doubt that he'll have that same same force and that same drive that he has. Because who knows? You know... They said the accident, he had a seatbelt on, the airbags deployed, so he had a nice safe canopy to keep himself stable. But, you know, all that knocking and pushing and going in different directions, who knows what he might have done to his back to tweak the actual surgery that he just had on his back, too. You know, so who knows if his back is out of whack all over again, or, you know, could be the grace of God that whacking around, maybe put his back where it needed to be, (laughs) you know, let's look at a positive, (laughs) you know
1: yeah you're right i mean yeah i mean the, the, the back is the most important thing and that's one thing i was thinking about um not some more of the the legs and his ankle but the back because that's out of anything that's what you need that torque like you said the hips you know and your back is the one thing that you put a lot more pressure on and um not to say that it is in it's impossible because, you know, medical science, even sports medical science, like you brought up Ace with Alex Smith. I mean, mm-hmm. he had something quite similar, not maybe to the degree that, you know, you know, Tiger Woods, issue, you know, injuries are, but very, you know, similar, you know, set of circumstances. He came back, it took him what? A, a 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. So you're looking like at least, at least a good year. I mean, um, he's a little bit younger on, uh, um, <laughs> a lot younger than tiger and um but in, in his sport in football you use your legs a lot more um than as far as golf so not gonna say it's impossible for him to come back but it's going to be yeah, find it hard to him to really come back and play at a high level that he will want to i mean he was already i won't say diminished skills but he already had like you said Um, Ace had to try to reinvent how he wins. Um, He can't hit as long as he used to. He didn't have the same kind of power. Um, So you kind of have to play smarter. Um, If he he comes back, maybe in a year, maybe two, he'll probably try to play competitively to be in the same range that he was. Probably not. It's not so that you couldn't play, but I don't think you can play at the highest level if he tried to, but let's see if he can get to walk without a limp. (laughs) Right.
2: But I guess my thing would be, and I had a thought there. And I thought, slip slip my mind. I guess one important. All right, never mind.
1: <laughs> I to say I wouldn't oh. count I wouldn't count the man out, but who knows?
2: Right, right. Well, I was gonna ask, how old is Phil Mickerson? Is he is he 50?
1: No, he's 46 or 47, one of the
2: two. Because Tiger Woods 45, 40, 45? Yep, just turned 45. So let's just say he misses a year, year and a half. That puts him at 46 damn near going on 47 years old. Uh, I mean, no athlete wants to go out like that. You know, an athlete could take losing like Serena, like how we touched on last week with Serena. Serena lost, and I, I think Serena is realizing when she cried off the stage because of the, the questions that were being asked that she's realizing that she still is very much dominant over her peers but there's three or four that she can't seem to get over the hump. And she's 39. And to be playing at such a high level of 39 in tennis is, I don't know too many 40-year-old tennis players out there that are still winning because consistently on tour. A lot of a lot of the men are their mid 30s, mid to going on late 30s, you know, and and some of these younger cats are starting to catch up with them. Um I'm I'm saying this to say there's no shame in Tiger with all the accolades, everything that he's done for the sport itself, everything that he's did for African Americans to even want to pick up a club to say, hey, I want to be Tiger because I think I could be this, be this good as he is. You know, it's no shame for him to sit there and just be like, I'm one off of Jack. I can live with that. You know, I'm just happy to be alive and happy that I can live a good quality of life. And, you know, maybe just sit there and be a mentor, maybe just tutor. Maybe he starts tutoring young African-Americans and other kids that want to go out there and, and and be just like him. You know, that, there would be no shame in him going that route. You know, personally, I don't think that he needs, if anything, he comes back and does a tournament just to say, you know what, yes, I'm capable, it's doable. But to me, I don't think he needs to, to serve that purpose to go out there and do it. He, he, he pretty much accomplished everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, I it all, I think that what it is boils down to is whether or not you have that, that, that drive or you still have that will to want to compete and that's really with any other, with any athlete, you know, when you get to a certain age where you're saying, even though you're still diminished, you still have that drive to say, you know what, I can still compete. I can still compete at that highest level. And that's something that Tiger is going to have to ask himself, or he probably already knows the here, sir, um, but he's probably going to have to reevaluate and ask himself now, based off of the circumstances that just happened. So I think that that's what's going to be really what he's going to have to look at and see. take a hard good look and this will give him the opportunity to actually see whether or not if he still has that passion that drive um if not do it for himself then he could think about other ways to incorporate himself where he could start teaching the youth or younger generation that you know this can happen to you as well as far as the success that he has
1: hey look hey look there's still the uh, senior tour so i mean i mean guys you know as far as golf is concerned well into their fifties <laughs> oh, yeah. playing, playing with senior tours. So the competitor that we've all seen with, with, with Tiger, just like Serena, like you said, Ace, you don't want to go out like that. So I think that competitive drive is going to, like you said, take a, a year, two years, see if you can come. And if you can try to do it, I can see him in two years, medically all things, you know, going well him trying one more time, like one more match just to see what he can do. And then once you try if you know, you just ain't got it. Then I can see him just saying, you know what, I'm going to take a step back. Like you said, you know, focus on training his son. If his son really wants to take it up like that and then, you know, sit down, come back in a couple of years, play it. I play to play the senior tour. <laughs> I, you, ain't I, got, you ain't got to do that much work.
2: I, I think from that, 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 tournament that he did with his son I think his son I think this will motivate his son even more to pick up that mantle because he, he realized you know what his dad was trying to accomplish and I think that he will try to strive to be as good as his father which a lot of these young you know kids who grew up having fathers or mothers who are athletes and really successful try to turn around to be just as successful it doesn't always necessarily happen but some of the great ones have great ones <laughs> come up right behind them. So it wouldn't shock me in the least. But I, what I found crazy was, and this, this goes to show that time waits for no one. I didn't realize that when he had that dispute with his now ex-wife, that was 2009 when he was in that car accident and where things kind of just went downhill for him mentally and physically, you know, cause he started, that's when he started having injuries. He couldn't figure out how to play. He just wasn't really good. From you know, after that car accident, that was
1: 2009. I thought that was that was later than that.
2: 2000. Yeah, you know, I just heard on ESPN today that was 2009.
1: Oh, okay,
2: couldn't believe that was damn near 11 years ago.
1: <laughs> I thought it, was, thought it was a little longer than that. <laughs> oh, you thought,
2: oh, you thought it was further back. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it was 2009. Uh-huh. I was just shocked that it, you know it, he was just getting back to a place when he won the Masters. When he, well, when he won. The one tournament on the on the, the busted knee. And then that sidelined him. And then he started having the back surgeries. Then he won the masses. Just when you thought that things were kind of starting to come back on, on, on focus. You know, his back just kept going out on him. And he kept pushing. But, man, I swear, I, that uh, that incident with the, the argument in that car accident he had in 2009 was just that spiral that just... Ooh. Just when he was just getting back to some good peace, you know what I mean? And then, oh, this kind of happens for him, so it just kind of sucks.
0: But, um, yeah, we, we definitely wish a speedy recovery for him um, to get back to at least doing the normal things um, right. and focus on what's going to happen afterwards. But we definitely wish Tiger was a speedy recovery, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for, for all of us at this stage that that's what we're hoping for and we're praying for. Um, as well. Um, So let's move on a little bit more to some of the other news that's been going on. Um, Let's talk about the Seattle Mariners. Um, Former team president Kevin Mather um, resigning um, his position on Monday effective immediately and it comes the day after um, there was footage of a Zoom call um, in which he made disparaging and outrageous comments about um, former players, um, I mean former players and current players um within the organization. Um and it was just a whole mess from based off of the comp, based off of the Zoom call itself. So let me get your thoughts on Kevin Mathers um resignation and do you think it's warranted? Um anybody can speak <sighs>
2: Hey, man, if you're stupid enough to say some crap out of your mouth knowing it can get you in trouble in today's times, I ain't got no love or sympathy for you. (laughs) Hopefully you banked your money right and you can live comfortably (laughs) because I don't think any team will sit there and hire him (laughs) moving forward. So (laughs) Uh, enjoy retirement, sir. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But but that's the key thing. You can see if you're stupid enough to say it, uh, he felt like he was in like-minded company. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, the shots he took out, you know, his former players from Japan and Dominican Republic and talking about the translators and not, you know, learning English language. I mean, that was just, I think, um, um, one of many things that he's done over the last couple of years that just aided to it. I think this one got out because it was on a Zoom call. Nowadays, you know, you almost got to check people to make sure no one's being, you know, recording you. But you in a Zoom call. It's probably being recorded. So, but he felt comfortable enough in like-minded company to make those statements he thought he was with family or people who all thought like him. And I would not be surprised if many of the people on a Zoom call thought like he did. Um, but to say that there's no place in baseball for for you know thoughts and statements like that would be very naive because I'm sure he's not the only CEO there that thinks in the ex- same exact way I think if you think about the makeup of a lot of baseball teams now you have a lot more Latino players and some from Japan I'm pretty sure he's not the only person that probably thinks that way um, a lot of people are probably not saying it on a zoom call um, they're probably saying it while they're at a bar or in their house where around their peoples and friends or around other CEO presidents <laughs> when they were able to be around other CEO presidents, you know, at the, what is it? The, the winter meetings where they're down in Florida and talking about this stuff, counting the millions, excuse me, billions. There's a lot of people that think like that, not just presidents, but I'm pretty sure all the owners of baseball teams, a lot of them. So to me, it's, he's just one person that got his stuff on, on tape and, you know, there is no pl- place in that, but shit. Let's let's not be naive. There's a lot, a lot of people out there in the yeah. baseball world that think the same way he was thinking. And we're not even going to talk about the alleged sexual allegations that were set out of court for money, but that was years ago. But to me, it's not shocking. But should he got fired with it, he he needed it, but not surprising by what he said.
0: I mean, have people not forgotten about Donald Sterling and the L.A. Clippers and that whole or <laughs> why don't owners remember these type of things? Like you would have thought that after that incident, I need to keep my mouth shut if I am thinking about this or like with the Kelly, uh, the former um, senator from Atlanta with the dream that whole ordeal, these p- owners, for whatever reason, feel as though that they can get away with everything without having any consequences. And now you are starting to see the backlash that comes with it. Like, even if you're on a Zoom call, you should know that Zoom calls can be recorded. Like, or somebody is thinking to themselves, like, I need to get this recording just in case. If you're speaking out. As an owner of a sports league, no matter who is on the Zoom call, regardless of the fact, it's going to need to be recorded for sports journalists to get a, a, a opinion or, or if they're a part of it. You don't know. And so the mindset is that if you, thought, if you said it, you must have been thinking about it from the jump. And a lot of owners nowadays may have that same mindset but are smart enough not to even say it in public. So the point is that at this day, he got caught. He definitely deserves what he got from that because he had to resign. To be honest, I wish the MLB do a little bit more investigative work to see whether they could do the same thing similar to Donald Sterling and be banned. Um, but I doubt that's going to go to that point. But I would not be surprised if MLB, at least people were, I wouldn't be surprised if people talked to the MLB about it. But regardless of the fact, this was still, a, it needed to happen. Like And the fact that he resigned, it still needed to happen. And this is something that you can't do in this day and age, and owners should know that. And owners should be more leery about what they say going forward. <laughs>
1: He's like, <Yeah.
2: laughs> again, you're a dumbass to say some crap where stuff is being online and recorded.
1: I agree. You thought, that goes for
2: any of us. True. We could get fired from one of our jobs right now if we say something kind of crazy about saying some, you know, something about somebody on a Zoom call or a business meeting. So what makes you know. I don't care what he thinks, or he's, he's amongst like-minded people. This goes to show that he got rats rats in his company. Well, rats rats amongst him. People and, who don't care very much about him.
0: I mean, and they, they didn't there. care about their job either because he's the CEO. So. They didn't care about the outcome or what would happen. I mean, they just basically was like, you know better. So I gotta put you in your place. Bottom line.
1: And and like I said, if this didn't get out, you know, this Zoom call with a group of, you know, rotary, you know, rotarians that were, you know, he was speaking to 45 minutes. If it didn't get out, it'd have been he still had a job. You know, you like you said, you'd have thought with the whole thing with Donald Sterling people would have been more aware of what they're saying in their surroundings but so people have been saying dumb comments since then the only thing that's not going to be dumb enough to say to their side pieces or their, or their little you know <laughs> girlfriends on the phone anymore so I mean I'm with Ace I mean it's like fuck you know better but like I said it's not shocking because there's his thought process is probably a a lot of people's thought process in in MLBs today. So he just got, he, he, he was the one that just got caught.
0: Yeah. And now the question is now what the, where does that leave the Mariners? Because they're definitely got some cleaning up to do. um, And they have some damage control that they have to to work on. Um, Now the question is, is that what are they going to do? I mean, it was almost, Similar to the Washington Football Team, when they had to talk about diversity in that matter and brought in a diverse uh, president, I believe, um, or yeah, was it oh, that,
2: that woman, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So um, the Mariners are going to be in that same similar situation. Um, they need some diversity added to that mix, and the question is, is how they're going to respond? Because this is a black eye for their organization, whether they choose to accept it or not. This is still a black eye for them. Uh, so now the question is, is, what are they going to do to try and rectify it? And is it, and whatever they do, is it a valid rectification on their organization? Bottom line, we will see.
1: I doubt much of anything. I mean, you already heard a couple of players talking about, you know, they're upset. They're upset that what he said, but they're more upset at the fact that you have this cloud now over there training when they should be focusing on training, getting ready for the season, as opposed to having to answer questions about that every day. So at the end of the day, they just wanted to go away so they can get back to playing baseball, so they can get back to counting their millions. Because ain't nobody going to sit there and say, I ain't playing for the, Mar- the, um, the Mariners and risk millions millions of dollars. At the end of the day, they're going to say all the right things because they just wanted to just go away.
2: You know what? Uh, <laughs> this, may sound, this may seem really jacked up when I say this, but it's the time we live in the man spoke his mind said what he said and thought it was cool now if this was a non-pandemic era that we're going through right now what would be the odds that ticket sales would go up because of that crazy right i know it sounds crazy to say that
0: you mean the fact that he said it and what would be Seattle is known for it I mean they were one of the I mean let's be honest, they were one of the how can I say this when everything was going down and, yeah it was one of the cities that basically was doing the right thing as far as the protests was concerned, going on a regular basis continually consistently um so I would not be surprised if if this happened. And the pandemic wasn't there. I wouldn't be surprised if there would be protests in the beginning of, I guess, you know, the beginning of training camp. I would say with Seattle. Oh, they—they—they they, they, their training camp is in Arizona, so it probably
2: wouldn't start till the, the beginning of the regular season. Okay. Um, yeah, I could I could see that, but I could also see those individuals who might be silent and just kind of stand on the sidelines don't say nothing they don't say it's nothing negative or positive about what's really going on in the situation but could easily sit there and say well you know what I don't mind throwing a few more dollars down on the Mariners because x but we could never really justify it. that's the reason why yeah but you know it's, it's it's a crazy thing to come out and actually say but Something like that wouldn't surprise me in today's
1: society. It wouldn't surprise me either. I the Seattle Mariners, they're in a much more, quote unquote, liberal state. But if you win a, quote unquote, red state team, then I can see some people maybe, you know, because they don't like the whole cancel, you know, just cancel culture that's going on. I can see some people maybe you know doing that but not so much with seattle but this was like maybe texas rangers or some other organizations i can see them trying to rally around their squad Mm -hmm. thinking they're doing the quote-unquote you know patriotic thing but yeah i I get what you're coming from
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not insinuating anything just so i could put it out there no it's it's a valid point it definitely is a valid point because In the time that we're living in right now, you're going to have people that's going to be for it or going to be against. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, there's going to be people that's going to support the for matter and continue to support the for matter than the against. And that's just how it is. No matter what side you want, you're either going to do, do or you don't. And that's really how it boils down to. So the more people, I mean, whether it's split half and half, the people that don't, then you're gonna have the people that will support and people that's going to still give. So I don't think there's going to be any change to that degree where it's a significant uh, drop off. But that just I just I, I, I see your point. In that. I definitely see your point. In that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, while we're continuing on the topic of uh, well, let's continue and move on and talk about Ben Big Ben Roth is Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, renegotiating his contract uh, so that he, I guess, the Pittsburgh Steelers is telling him in a nutshell, hey, we'll work with you if you work with us. So let me get your thoughts on Big Ben um, restructuring his contract, so to speak. Um, Do you think it's good for both sides or you think it's bad for Ben or you think it's good for Steelers? How would you rate the fact that he's actually accepting the renegotiating um, of his contract at this stage?
1: Well, um, where else is Big Ben going to go? Um, <laughs> I think we, I think we've seen over the last, you know, this past season, and really probably the past going on three seasons, you can start seeing the diminishing of the skills I mean, even though they did win a division this year and they went, what, 11-0 or 12-0 and in the beginning, I think it was 11-0, I still thought it was a it was smoke and mirrors because me and Nate talked about it religiously. There was about four to five games they should have lost and just got lucky that they won those games. Um, but for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, he's like, what, a 41 million, 0.3 or 0.4 million dollar cap hit to him if you cut him. So is in a sense it's cheaper to keep them, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you go in there and basically try to say, hey, we want to keep you, but we want to restructure some money because they got the defense. If they can get some more weapons around them, like a, a much more consistent running game, and I think that consistent running game is what failed them this this year. James Conner was good, but he was you know you know in and out, you know. Was it consistent? You had a couple of players that, you know, were tested positive for COVID, switching in the schedules. But Ben Ben himself is just he's not that quarterback that's going to get you to the Super Bowl unless you have the line, the running game. He's basically got to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, <laughs> team around him that guarded Tom Brady very well and got him to where he got to. So, but I think Pittsburgh. They want to keep them. I think they're in the same situation that the New York Giants were a few years ago with Eli Manning, where they know Dean is coming. They can't cut them because it's, it's going to cost them more to cut them and to keep them. So you try to restructure some, restructure some money. They didn't structure anything of Eli's money. They just basically paid him out for time serve. But what they'll probably do is you got Dwayne Haskins. You got Mason Rudolph you're going to have to see which one of them is going to actually be able to put you forward or you go into this year draft and you look to draft another QB that could be that actual succession plan. If you're not all that, if you don't believe Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins can be that guy to be the actual successor to Ben Roethlisberger. So I think it's good for Ben because where else he's going to go. I don't think anybody's going to bring him in, but this, to me, appears to be going into his last year, even with the Ro- Rooney II saying that we want to keep him. But like you said, it's we keep you, but you're going to need to give us back some of that money so it can help us, and we'll probably cover you on the back end and give you a little bit, you know, some of it. But I think Ben's time in Pittsburgh is coming to an end after this season.
2: First and foremost... Want to give a shout out to our fan, our biggest fan, our biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You <laughs> know she hates when we sit there and dog the Steelers. Stand up, what up? West Virginia? Stand up, WVU. What's good? Um, I will admit, I think Big Ben could stay. I think Big personally, I think Big Ben. Could, I think Big Ben got two years. Two. I think he got two solid years left in him. I think they should restruct, I think they should restructure his contract where, you know, if he's if he come if he actually came out of his mouth and said, Money's not an issue. I got money. I ain't worried about money. I just want to play. All right, dude. We're not going to treat you like you're a bum off the street, but we're going to scale you, we're going to bring you down to an eight to ten million dollar QB, you know, and Maybe set it up where he could have some backlash, like a Bobby Bonilla type of contract. Where we'll pay years down the road, somewhere down the line, anything is possible with contracts. If they could pull something off like that, and also take care of the, you know, take care of the cap it for this year. I'm not saying James Conner and the other running back that they had are bad, but if they shore up that offensive line, make it so that Ben doesn't get hit as much. And he can sit there and read the field and, and actually step in and throw the rock. I think they have a good a chance as any is coming back and making the playoffs and having a better a better standout uh, a better standout season next season than they, than they did this, year, uh, this particular season. Now, with that being said, the Steelers also have a a, a funny knack of finding wide receivers, and they do well just is what it is. Now I'm not sure if Juju is a restricted free agent or a straight up free agent. If he's restricted I would say dangle him and get yourself an offensive lineman. I know it It doesn't sound sexy for a Steeler fan because it's offensive lineman. No, even as a Niner fan, I remember when the Niners drafted Potty and the, the cat from Rutgers with their first two picks in the first round that one year when they both came out, I forget my man's name from Rutgers, uh, the starting left tackle that they had. But your cousin, he, um, <laughs> uh, a cousin, any your cousin? He did he play? He played ball of Virginia, right?
1: Oh, 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 oh Eugene, yeah, I thought you yeah. said Rutgers, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He, did he didn't he play it Maybe not.
1: No, he play, no, he no, he went to University of Virginia,
2: right? But I thought he got drafted. No, right, right. He went to University of Virginia. Neither, neither way, he went to Rutgers. He got drafted by the Niners, and Ayukpadi got drafted by the uh, by got drafted by the by the Niners. That's the year they took Colin Kaepernick, and those two years when they all played together, the offensive line was outstanding. Ayukpadi left. Old boy ended up retiring, and then 49ers Niners' line was crap for years to come after the fact. I say all this to say, if they shore up that offensive line, dangle Juju, get an offensive lineman, a good one, an All-Pro. Juju can get you a, a, an above-average offensive lineman if you dangle him for somebody who's who's desperate for for offensive weapons. Um, and then kind of draft, pick up a, another good one in, in free agency, and draft an uh, actual first. Oh man, the first-round picks are kind of low. All the good offensive linemen might be taken by that point, but you might have to spend off—you might have to spend a first-round pick on offensive lineman because they need it. You know, they—they they tend to find their their wide receivers in the second through fourth second to fourth round, so you can still find somebody to replace Juju, second third round, and they got mark uh, they got some real talent at wideout. You got the running backs, you got Ben, you got your tight end. The, the defense is stout if the defense, the defense will come back healthy next year, if they shore up that offensive line, they will be okay. And I think Ben can play another two years if he has a short offense. If he, if he can get the type of offensive line that Tom Brady got in Tampa where he still got hit, but he didn't get hit nearly as much as Big Ben did, sky's the limit. I always say, you know, like we said during the season, it was fool's gold with Pittsburgh. They won a lot of games. They were lucky as shit to win Half the games that they won. <laughs> and then it, once they figured out what Ben was doing, you see how crappy they played for the rest of the season. So get the offensive lineman in place. You got weapons already. And just dangle Juju and get a, a quality offensive lineman, start there. And then just rebuild from the offensive, offensive line out. Because uh, the Pouncy, uh, I, I don't know if it's was Marquise or Morris, but the their starting center, he retired. And that was, you know, he was the rock. He was the the all pro. So that's what they need.
0: Yeah. Um, right now they got um in the mock draft, they got them selecting Najee Harris from um Alabama. Um and with their first at least with their first round pick. But let me ask you a question.
2: Running back's are okay. dime a dozen. Why the hell would you go after a running back in the first round? That is so freaking
0: stupid. I, I'm just, I, like say, just like
1: you said, just like you said, James Conner and, <laughs> and, and Snell Jr. Or Jalen Samuels.
0: I mean,
2: they ain't they ain't great, but if you get an offensive line, look at uh Mike Davis at uh Carolina. That that offensive line that they have, Christian Christian McCaffrey was 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 balling, but then what did they realize now? Oh, he got hurt. Oh, Mike Davis could do this. Now, what what is Carolina doing? They're dangling Christian McCaffrey as far as bait to try to get damn Deshaun Watson to come over to Carolina.
1: And I think that's stupid, but that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) Running back.
2: Look, Green Bay is talking about letting go of their starting running back right now because he's, he's great, but he's not worth paying for. When they got A.J. Dillon as the backup in Green Bay. They're about to let that man walk. You can get decent running backs. Without having to sit there and sign them to crazy contracts, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Al. No, nope. you know, I got off on a tangent there.
0: No, no, continue by all means, continue, continue. I, like you said, I, I, and I completely agree with you. In the case of, it doesn't work unless you have an offensive line that's maxed, that provides that protection. You. you can have the greatest offense in the world, but if you don't have the offensive line to protect you it's going to be a problem, case in point, Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs. So at the end of the day, and even that was with injuries, I get it. But the point of the matter is the offensive line during that game did not factor in the mix. So your offensive line definitely has to improve. And if you don't take care of your your quarterback or your running your your wide receivers, you can have the best talent in the world, but it doesn't work unless you have that protection that you need. For your quarterback. So I give. I, I completely agree, but that should work for all teams. All teams focusing <laughs> on their offensive line. As a matter of fact, the offensive line should be earning a lot more money than your wide receivers, your quarterbacks, and your running backs. Why? Because the offensive line provides the protection you need. You have the best quarterback in the world, but if you don't have the offensive line, your quarterback is still going to be trash. Because you don't have the maximum protection of protecting the quarterback. The offense doesn't start without the protection of the quarterback. The offense doesn't start without the offensive line. I, I will make a point that the offensive line should be, deserve a higher salary than the quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers. But I digress.
1: No, not that you want better. I mean, offensive line, you know, should be the starting. But you got to make sure you, you whoever you're picking – is the right offensive lineman because there's been a lot of bust high in the offensive lineman pool. I mean, just like you say, Ace, running backs come a dime a dozen. You can get one in um, later rounds. There's been a lot of teams that have been able to get some gems of offensive lineman. That's not in the first round. It's been a last couple of years. It's been a, it's been 50, 50 split as far as good offensive linemen that have been in the, in the top, you know, in the top 10. So yeah, if you can dangle Juju and get a good offensive lineman, I say, do it. I mean, I, don't, I never thought he was a number one. I always thought he was a good number. He was a number two that looked like a number one because of Antonio Brown. And when yep. Antonio Brown left and he got all the attention, we saw exactly, you know, what he really was. So
2: he's a, he's a dynamic slot receiver.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but you say two. I say I'll give him at least one. But what we'll have, but like, but it all goes. What kind of protection they get him, and how much can they pull together of a running games to allow Big Ben not to have to feel like he has to win the game by himself all the time? And Pittsburgh has always been good when they had two things: a dominant defense and a dominant running game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's been their bread and butter for the last what forty years. And
2: the whole thing is you get the. You see what happened when the offensive line was pretty damn good with the Steelers, and Le'Veon Bell left, and what James Conner was able to do with the great offensive line. As the offensive line suffered, James Conner suffered, obviously with injuries and with some some different uh, other different things. But the offensive line went, James Conner went. I guarantee you, put a decent offensive line, James Conner could give you could give you some decent production, without having to sit there and pay high price. But
1: it's got to stay healthy. <laughs> you know, That's that
2: you know, but uh, they need to go ahead and disrupt that office. I don't know how they're gonna manage to do it, but I think they you got to dangle somebody. Somebody will take a, a, a juju because juju is nice. Juju can juju can make some make some noise. He I think he finished in the top ten of rece- uh, receptions last year, despite he had ninety seven receptions despite uh, all all things equal with. Uh, with the Steelers, he had 97 receptions and nine touchdowns. I think he had uh, mm-hmm. had over he had close to a thousand yards receiving.
1: Mm-hmm. Would Juju get you a first round or a second round pick?
2: Juju is second coming out of USC.
1: Now I'm saying if you were to try to trade him, oh,
2: with- oh, you ain't gonna get no first round pick with Juju.
1: That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
2: You might get a second, you might get a third, but hell, you know, that's why I was saying you might you're better off maybe trying to get a. You may not get an all-pro lineman, but at least you can get somebody who's above average, that's serviceable. <laughs> i about team, to say that.
1: <laughs> where a team
2: needs a weapon, maybe is this a slot receiver or number two away from being dynamic
0: passing-wise?
1: Yeah, I'm about to say, because you'd be hard-pressed to get any team out there that's going to want to trade and give up one of their good offensive linemen, you know, for, for Juju. So you might be better off trying to, you know, trade them for a draft pick and maybe get a second or third round gym.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's that's a possibility too. Now let me ask you guys a quick question about this. Because even though we we're talking about showing the offensive line, do you think, I mean, I know that's not, I mean that's our opinions, but opinions, but do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers will actually draft a quarterback um in this NFL draft, no matter where what round? I don't think so. I don't think so. To cover
2: for Big Ben? And they got two young quarterbacks there.
0: Okay.
2: okay. You know, you got Dwayne Haskins on a one-year deal. You got Mason Rudolph. They might bring in somebody just as a as a kick the tires on them just to see. Mm-hmm. You know, but I doubt they're going to waste a
1: draft. There's no
2: need to, to waste a draft pick. Um,
1: Not a high one at the, nah, at the very No, not
2: at all. Because there's plenty, there's plenty of decent quarterbacks that'll be uh, available after this, you know, during the preseason or during free agency, or, all, or plenty of quarterbacks during off uh, offseason. Damn, why doesn't that sound right? Yeah, I guess it's right, but you know, either way, they don't need to go out there and spend a draft pick. They can bring in somebody, bring in a quarterback for two, three million dollars, and be happy if they want to carry a fourth quarterback. I doubt they will. You know, I think they'll carry three.
1: This I, yeah. I agree with Ace, but I'll tell you what though, if things don't look good, if Ben is looking eh and those second and third ones are are not panning out the way you thought they were, like you said, um Dwayne Haskins on the one-year deal, you best believe come the 2022 draft, they're gonna pick a <laughs> oh, yeah. gonna pick a QB. Oh yeah, definitely.
2: And they'll still hold on, they'll probably resign uh Rudolph and, and Haskins again after the season, just because but they'll bring in a rookie and see and push because you know Steelers don't know the Steelers don't ever uh, they're not about rebuilding you know they've always consistently pumped out winners think about it think about when Big Ben went down and they used Mason Rudolph they still finished 8-8 not a
0: shot
2: <laughs> right I don't think I've ever seen the Steelers in you know, in a very long time have a losing
0: record That, that mm. I
1: they might have Maybe one or two back in the eighties, and maybe think it was.
2: Oh, but if you gotta, if you gotta go all the way back to the eighties.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you let's said about, <laughs> let's,
2: let's, let's, let's just talk about the Mike Tomlin, uh, Mike uh,
1: Tomlin era. Oh, Mike Tomlin. No, yeah, well, he he had the luxury of having Big Ben, so that was his stalwart quarterback for the last decade plus.
2: <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how well the Steelers can uh, can draft now when they when they need. But they they, uh, they always manage to find damn good players.
0: I just yeah, don't get it. Yeah. yeah, no, they that's just
2: that's, nobody was checking for uh, Big Ben coming out of Miami of Ohio when he was coming. Like, I mean, he was dynamic, but nobody was like, yeah, still is like, yeah, we want him.
0: <laughs> but you, like, when it comes to the drive, everybody's like that. Like you're gonna be sitting there and be like, who? And then all of a sudden they do what they do, and then you be like, I would never have saw this coming. Right. So, that's what's the, that's, what's the fortunate thing. That's one of the things intriguing things about the draft because you never know. Like the people that are stars will probably turn out busts, and the ones that you haven't even heard of is going to be true, true performers down the road. So
1: it's the, it's the household names. It's the one that gets put on TV every day, and you and you and you get bombarded with commercials because they're playing in the SEC or ACC, and they're on TV every you know Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, and always Heisman picks. But it's those gyms that be down in Texas Tech, you know, Wisconsin, a la Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes that don't get that much time or get that much shine and come out and look what happens. Well,
2: I knew about Russell Wilson when he was in North Carolina because he played against West Virginia in a bowl game. North Carolina won. I'm sorry, North Carolina State. I bother. Um, So when he went to Wisconsin, That was just putting them on a bigger stage because nobody follows NC State football. They're trash. You know, Wisconsin, though, that's Big Ten. Of course, now everybody's on the Big Ten. You know, cut them the Big Ten balls, you know, often. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a different story, only because he was a, you know, they all, Big 12 quarterbacks always get a bad rap saying that they they light it up in college but can't do crap when they come into the league. And that's a pretty accurate statement but so for Patrick Mahomes actually coming in actually be good it just goes to show the testament of uh, actual good scheming and uh coaches playing up to their quarterbacks uh level of a level of a, a style of play I guess or just recognizing true talent and not to get the best out of it I guess
1: you know, the best or the best talent that, that works for your uh that works with your team and, and getting some luck. You know, thankfully a lot of people weren't like, you know, I guess football, college football aficionados, the people that watch the sport, yeah, they would know and say, Oh, that Patrick Mahomes guy's out of Texas Tech, oh he's good. But from the you know, average casual bypassers, they didn't know what the fuck Patrick Mahomes was. <laughs> and some of the scouts might even slept on Patrick Mahomes because they didn't think he was that dude. The reason why he fell right into um, Kansas City's hands, and it was like a gift from the heavens. <laughs> oh, I mean, I knew
2: about him just because of the Big Twelve. Um, but he was highly he was highly uh, regarded coming out of college. That's I think that's why Kansas City jumped to get him. Think they, they had a low draft pick because Ken, Alex Smith actually led them to the playoffs. Going into that draft, so they had a low pick and they had to jump up so high because I think some other team wanted him. I still laugh at Chicago. <laughs> they could have had, they could have had uh, Deshaun Watson or or, <laughs> or Patrick Mahomes, but they went after Mr. Trubisky.
1: <laughs> you know, and who knows? Neither one of them might not have worked. at Chicago, because Chicago has not been good in a, in a very long time, or at least. They don't have the weapons that might have been able to help their development. Patrick Mahomes came in about as sweet a situation as you can as you can pick outstaying a, a last from Steve Young and Joe Montana in the 49ers. <laughs> true. That's true. about the second best <laughs> situation you can find yourself in. That is true. Yeah, that's true. All you got to do is just keep the, All you got to do is not drive the car off the road. Just
2: <laughs> keep drafting high quality receivers and let this Patrick do Patrick. Once they get past that fourth year, keep them, let him go. <laughs> go somewhere else. <laughs> <Just> recycle. <laughs> gonna, that's all you We're going to keep right? Kelsey and we're going to keep uh, Tyreek Hill. Every other receiver
1: after that is expendable. just go. Uh, You're right about that. And running backs is expendable too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Recycling. That's what it is. Straight up recycling. Hey,
2: you think Marcy, what is it? uh, Marco, Marco Heldman, I think his name is. uh, Harmon. Yeah, Marco Harmon and the other cat. Yeah, they good. But they'll be gone in two years.
1: (laughs) Sammy Watkins in one probably if they don't bring him back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think he's gone.
1: He serves no purpose for them.
2: He's hurt half the damn time.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. He serves no purpose. Sure. So some people pick him up, like the Jets or somebody else, because it's a name.
0: Won't do anything, no, won't do any good if you don't throw it to him. It won't do any good if you don't have an offensive line. Uh <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that going forward. Throw
2: shade, Throwing shade at the Jets, man.
0: Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm just, just don't get mad, yo. Truth don't get mad.
1: I I just want to say this one thing about the Jets before we, we wrap up because we're about that time. I pray to the heavens that the Jets stick to their guns and do not give up their picks to get Sean
2: Watson.
0: I don't trust management so I can't even confirm or deny that. that
2: <sighs> you don't trust
1: management.
0: <laughs> I never trust it,
1: if they do it, they're potentially risking some potentially good picks in the draft because they got two and another one in the second round, a very high one. They're in a position where if they draft right, but I agree with you, I'm skeptical of their I'm skeptical of their management, but I'm gonna give Robert Sala a chance because so I actually do like him. No. However, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but they have the opportunity to change some things. In order to get Deshaun Watson, you're gonna to have to give up a lot to to get.
0: Yeah, I, I like I, I, he's not the issue. Upper huh. management is the issue.
1: <laughs> hey, well,
0: and if upper management makes it wants to do it, it will get done. Hence Amen. my point. I'm I I just don't I don't trust upper management, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. They're gonna do something one way or another where. And if I mean, the jest is going to be, they they think it's a good idea, but in actuality, it won't be a good idea. But I digress. Um, mm. <laughs> before we go, though, I do need to get your thoughts, you guys' thoughts on this. Um, I don't know if you are, uh, I don't know if you heard, or I, I'm pretty sure you heard by now, but um, in the NBA, Minnesota Timberwolves fire Ryan, Ryan Saunders um, after a 7 and 24 record.
2: Flip the son, right?
0: Yes. Yes. yes, so they fired Ryan Sanders and then immediately hire assistant coach from the Toronto Rafters, uh, Chris um, Finch. Uh-huh. Um, the whole thing about it is, is that when this immediately happened, and it's, you know, it's rare that they hired an assistant coach from another team immediately as their new head coach. But as soon as that happened, NBA players were, some NBA players were completely not upset, but um, criticized the hiring, saying that the fact that you bring in an assistant coach from the Toronto Raptors in Chris Finch, and yet you have an assistant head coach in David Vanderpool, who is an African American, as their top assistant, but don't even get the acknowledgement to get the hire as head coach or interim head coach. Um, so. They're, now the conversation is in regards to not having a lot of African-American coaches, head coaches in the NBA anymore. Um, so now that brings up the fact that players are very openly saying that, how can this happen? Um, this is just another example of where we are as the culture um, when it comes to ownerships and things of that nature. So let me get your, th- your guys' quick thoughts on that in regards to the fact that um, the t wolves. Well, it's not really about the firing, but the hiring process, and the fact that um, the top assistant coach that's already there didn't even get the acknowledgement or uh, an interview for the head coaching position.
1: does. Uh, I don't have a quick thought; have a long thought, but I'll I'll just say that. Um, It's typical, not surprising, but until you have a more diverse ownership group, and this goes for all major league sports around, until you have a more diverse ownership group that has the power to be able to do what they want, you're gonna get this. And it's unfortunately for the players to cry and complain about it. And it's a very jacked up set of circumstances is not a whole lot they can do about it until you have a more diverse ownership group at all major league sports, sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, period.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, I was just sitting there as we're sitting here talking about this and my mind wandered because I was, in the car earlier coming home from the grocery store, listening to the local sports radio station and they were talking about Jeff Bezos uh, and they were talking about the Washington football team and the rumors are talking about Bezos is possibly gonna try to buy Washington football team and how Bezos has found, you know, smoozing it up with uh, the commish. And they said, it's just a matter of time before Bezos gets to become an owner. They're not sure how or when, if they're gonna expand or or if another team comes up for sale, blah, blah, blah. But my, then my, my, my big thing is, okay, I understand Jeff Bezos, who he is, what he's created and his net worth. But when Diddy and some others tried to pool their money together to try to become owners of the Carolina Panthers, it was shunned upon. And highly frowned upon, but then you want to turn around and hire Jay Z to be some dangling monkey to to say that you know we we have an entertainer here to kind of talk about concerts during halftime shows and shit like that. So I say I say all this to say I agree with you, E. And until the good old boys allow African Americans or persons of color to sit there and come into the NBA and become an owner? Shit ain't gonna change. And I guess, you know, if you wanna throw the NFL and sit there and say to, to the owner of the Jaguars, I think he's Iranian or, you know, Iraqi or some Middle Eastern type of descent, you know? So yes, we do have people of color, but at, at what price was he, how did he become an owner really? And, and, I, and I guess, The Nets did have a Russian owner at one point (laughs) before it was sold. (laughs) And Jay-Z, I guess at one point, did have less than 1% ownership into the Nets. But outside of
0: that, then what? They ain't never going to happen. I I, I will say this, and I'll probably end it like this. Um, We should never get to the point where we should be asking for to have a seat at the table, we should actually own the table, start our own league, get that process going. I'm pretty sure that if that would happen, um, I know that right now the NFL and the NBA is, you know, those are major markets. You have a lot of ownerships. but if you can't get to the point where you can own a team, then you should start the league, start another league, Um, a league where everybody is together and unified and saying, this is what we do. And the reason why I'm saying this is because and I hate I, I don't you know I say this because I, and it's funny because I was watching before I got onto the podcast I was watching um like I was flipping through channels and there's you know WWE is one is the biggest market in wrestling um so you know about WWE is all that but now there's another wrestling um I guess you could say another wrestling promotion in AEW which started with the person leaving the WWE and started his own wrestling promotion. And now that is being generated and is now on TNT and you see all these people starting to watch that product. So my thing is, is that it can be done somewhere down the road. It's just a matter of people starting to execute. And I think that if people start to execute it the right way and you get all these owners, diversify owners in the actual league together, I think that that will make a wonders of change.
2: I guess my, my only my only response to that would be, if these defunct football leagues started and they couldn't last, what makes us want to believe that an all African American ran football league could?
0: be amazed with the, I'm not saying, it doesn't have to be all African-American. I'm just seeing a more diversified league. Let's be honest, the the XFL, you have owners, do you really have owners that were more diverse in the XFL or the CFL? No, just like with the NFL, there's not an equal amount of diversified owners in any of these teams. Just like the NBA. You don't see a lot of diversity owners in the NBA outside of Michael Jordan. But my point is is that if you get a lead with more diversified people, then there wouldn't be a talk of people of of African-Americans or any other um, culture trying to get a seat at the table because they will already be at the table. See what I'm saying? So I think that if you have that type of product where there's more diversified, I'm pretty sure that diversified people wanna take a look that way Than to continue looking at a product that is always one side. Players may think, you know what, I could have an actual seat at the table in the future, instead of just playing all the time, I could actually become an owner. I mean, I know Michael Jordan is the exception to the rule, but there would be more people thinking that we should be owners instead of just always playing.
2: If Michael Jordan
0: was Michael Jordan, would Michael Jordan be an owner? Say it again. If Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan, would Michael Jordan be old? And that's the question that, you know, that, that's the question. Like, there shouldn't be a position where you have to be in that pinnacle. Like, I'm pretty sure LeBron James can become an owner when he retires. That's because of, of his name. His loan. Of course. I'm pretty sure that, got you know, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant could have became an owner as well because of the name that he has. I'm pretty sure that Shaquille O'Neal can become an owner. But the point is, is that. They need to be more diversity so that the non-Shaquills, the non-Lebrons, like anybody else can become an owner. The unknown players can look up and say, I could become an owner as well. So I think that that having that outlook would be ideal. So that anybody can be like you know what i don't have to be just a player i could be an owner as well because truth be told everybody right now wants to be an nba player but not everybody wants to look at becoming an owner of an nba team and that's really what the issue is that's the lack of diversity in all these professional sports
1: we're here
0: <laughs> well, we, can continue, we can continue more <laughs> about this later um we have a lot to discuss in the world of sports but for now i know the time is where I'm spent so fellas let them know where they can reach you at
1: uh you can find me on twitter graham um the twitter or the graham um je ross the number seven you can find me on twitter uh cat daddy one nine six three
0: cat daddy one nine six three on twitter
2: and you might find me back on a main street because it's not cold anymore
0: at least for the next couple of days uh, <laughs> 50 <laughs> degrees is still not that hot. Shit, but it's a lot better than, <laughs> <more>. <laughs> a lot better than 30. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fair point, fair point, fair point. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls. Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports on any podcast that you do. Whatever podcast that you listen to, just search Guys Talking Sports. We are there. I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all the love and support out there, everyone from New Jersey all the way out to California. We appreciate all the love and support out there. But right now, catch us next time on Guys Talking Sports. You guys take care, stay safe, wear a mask, practice social distancing, even if you're vaccinated, you know, just continue to do the things that you normally do until we're all back together. Wilding out like we always do and just having fun. So until then, you guys take care. God bless. Have a good one. Stay safe. And until next time.